We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. was the highlight of the Ravens open practice at M&T Bank Stadium with just highlight real catches. But there was plenty more from that session to break down, including the tight end play and the defensive line absolutely dominating the offensive line. I'm Sarah Ellison with a special guest today to break it all down while my regular partner, Bobby Trossett, enjoys the final day of his birthday weekend extravaganza. It is Monday, July 31st, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. Now, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, he talked about how much he wants to empower Lamar Jackson with several changes to the offense, which we'll get to. And in addition to that, we'll explain why Lamar spent some time with Drake and why he got a shout out from LeBron James. Plus, we got a lot, lot more, including Patrick Queen's change of heart about his contract, a bold statement from Odafe Owe, and the weird transactions with Trayvon Mullen over the weekend. So we've got all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vaults, where you get the most important Ravens news and opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so as I said, Bobby, this is his last day off. I hope he enjoys it. Uh, So I brought in a special guest. You guys know him. He's a former Super Bowl winning wide receiver for the Ravens. We got ourselves Kadri Ishmael Q. Thank you so much for filling in. I know that you were at that stadium practice down at M&T Bank Stadium. Tell me, just kind of off the top, maybe one or two high-level takeaways, because this was the first time you've seen them live for 2023, correct? It is. It is the first time. Um, The one thing I will say before I get into the X's and O's of the the football part of it all, the energy at the stadium, I've been to – I've hosted the – stadium practices before when I was a part of the radio broadcast team, myself, uh, Stan White and Jerry Sandusky. We've done so, so, so many of these. We've done them even after the Super Bowl year. And we even went down to Annapolis. I have never seen in my time going to all those stadium practices an energy quite like this one. And I am saying it has to be the Odell Beckham effect. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., very charismatic 
uh, man and obviously a very talented player. But again, you know, when you're talking about the Ravens and its fan base, it's a rabid fan base, a ton of stars throughout the years. But when it came to this stadium practice and the energy and, and, and it was really cool because the majority of the fan base that obviously attends the practices are moms, dads, and with their kids. And it was no different. I mean, it was a ton of, of, of families there, and rightfully so. But it, it definitely had an energy level. So that kind of set the tone, if you will. And I attribute that to DJ. With the X's and O's of it all, and, and just what I saw, it's interesting because I obviously hear from, you know, everyone, obviously our, our media colleagues as far as, wow, you know, Todd Munkin is different than, you know, Greg Roman. But seeing it for myself, it, 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 the, the, the offense, it's not so methodical like, okay, we're doing this drill right now. Oh, look, we're going to go. It is definitely up-tempo. To me, when I look at the offenses that I've been in over the years, I've always had a, a pretty charismatic quarterback slash uh, coordinator. And I could see where this practice, I mean, just the, the flow and the mood of the practice was certainly different and, and very much so uh, exciting, I guess, compared to what we've seen in the past. Well, I was there for day one of training camp in Owings Mills. I can, I totally agree that the energy was next level. One thing I wish you got to see, but you didn't, was Zay Flowers. I mean, that I'm telling you, even from it's probably because OBJ was holding back. He's trying to ramp up, whereas Zay's trying to like put his mark on things. But to me, Zay, Zay stole the show on that one. So uh, he just had what we know now is he just had a, a stomach illness. He's expected to be back probably as early as Monday, but. Let's start with OBJ. You're a former wide receiver. I'm going to start playing some clips here. If it mutes your mic, just unmute it, mute it, because I want you to talk over it. Uh, probably the first thing that really got well, him just coming out on the field. I mean, the yeah. crowd went wild. But then the yeah. second, the second time was this play right here, where we got Lamar kind of, oh, just just this beautiful pass to to OBJ there. What did you see from that play? I, it got called back. We'll we'll get we'll get to the offensive line later. Salah got called for a holding, but put yeah. that aside. What did you see from OBJ? Well, okay, so the the one thing you see is it's it's ones versus ones, and it's Marlon Humphrey, uh, your number one corner against Odell Beckham, and you know you talk about the ramping up of things. This is a simple deep over route. Uh, again, mm -hmm. he's going to cut his split down. Uh, inside the numbers, top edge of the numbers, and now he's just going to climb up to a depth of about 15 to 18 and present himself to the quarterback. I love the the way in which Lamar was able to put the type of throw that was necessary. It was, it's, not, it's not a direct shot. It's like an arcing throw. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that, you know, what we saw as far as catch radius, the way in which he extended out his hands and you could just see where, you know, you're looking at a very veteran savvy corner in Marlon Humphrey trying to get ready to knock it down, but he couldn't. And you just saw the quickness of his hands to snatch the ball, move it away, and obviously score. But going back maybe, I'd say, eight or nine plays before that, 
it was so cool because they both were man to man again, one on one on the outside, mm. and the line couldn't hold up. And you could see where Odell felt like he got the better of Marlon on that one on one, and he took off down the sideline. I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna!" <laughs> uh. So Lamar kind of had to back up, and yeah. you know he dumped it down, and and off the play went. But you could just see, like, oh my goodness, you know. I love the fact that, number one, we're seeing uh, Marlon and Odell not shy away from competition. Normally, mm. you know, when you have two upper tier guys like that, you rarely see them interact during training camp. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's just the way it is, I guess. However, with this, it's, it's just sharpening one another. Mm-hmm. And I love that it happened plays before, but then it came back again. And then obviously you saw the result as far as the deep over round. Now, what was nice is even though he had that um, taken back is a few plays later, he did get this. This is like a classic, not super classic because he's using two hands, but look at Odell stretch out diving for that over on the hash marks. I mean, just, oh, you just love that Lamar has that now. So that was what the Ravens dubbed the top play. Kind of, kind of an OBJ special. By the way, all this video, I, I need to give a shout out. This is courtesy of Ravens Productions. They did a live stream of this, and so they've got these clips everywhere. Now, what I do, you aren't here. You aren't here for this. I got to give this one clip. This is from day one. I saw this one live. This is the one where OBJ. If you can look in there, he's on Rocky. Rocky oh. scene. It, yeah. Oh, wow. have you not seen this one? I, okay. I, 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 no. So he does, is that like a fake back shoulder cue, which gets Rock to, to kind of jump? And then, and then as you talk about it, look at Zay on the inside. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this is, so, a, this is a, a classic, uh, it's either twins formation or double, however they're going to label it. Doesn't really matter. You got two receivers on the same side and you got, you know, that quick out. And then you have, you know, just going up the sideline. I love his releases. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think he was expecting it that he was going to have to make the adjustment. Yeah. But this is what makes Odell Odell and gives you an opportunity as a quarterback, like his kinesthetic awareness to stop. I'm going to jump. Psych. Not going to do it. And then be able to readjust and snatch the ball out of the air. I mean – you just there's things you can teach and things you can't teach. And that's something that you just can't teach. Oh my goodness. That's why it's just it's just so exciting. It's what you said. It's this veteran move. Whereas Zay, right next to him, he's just using his raw talent, his change yeah. of direction talent to get open. So now Lamar's not just got one, but he's got two wide receivers that can create separation without it being schemed open. And so but so Q, we put that, we'll transition into the tight end play because the last few days. Mark's been kind of Mark Andrews. We know what he can do, but he he's kind of been playing it cool up at, at, at Owings Mills. But when the crowd came out and the lights came on, both Mark and Isaiah Tightly so, or Isaiah Likely, we keep talking about how this is awesome because Lamar can open up and Todd Munkin can open up to the wide receivers. But let's not forget about these tight ends. So let me start with this one. So Isaiah Likely gets this one. I believe he gets past. Um, Welch on this one. Yeah, he yep. gets past Welch on that. That's with Tyler Huntley. So he's always finding those soft spots. Now check out this one. This is from an end zone view. Look who he gets behind on this one. Oh, that's Roquan <laughs> Smith. 
Yeah. That's that's Roquan. Agent I, Zero. I don't, any, I don't have any highlights of your boy, Kolar. <laughs> now, Did you now, see this any? Is interesting. Tell me. See, this is interesting because not that I'm 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 just gonna say it. The D line is messing up the government. Okay. Yes. I yes. appreciate the fact that they can get off the ball. I am all for it. I think that we need a pass rush. I think that you need to pressure the quarterback. But when the offensive line is hamstrung with the ability, I I, I know I got that pad. I, there's an extra something I can get to you and your chest cavity and cave it in and protect my dudes a little bit longer. Now I'm at a disadvantage. Like I said, with Odell and Marlon, and when Odell beat Marlon on the nine route, mm-hmm. same thing with Charlie Kohler. Literally, I'm like, oh, my God, he's all bad. And it was about three plays where he had opportunities, and it was either a pressure or it was an overthrow or it was just an inaccurate pass. So yeah. in, in, in my frustration, because I'm like Team Kolar here, but in my frustration, it's like, I get it that you need to take it to the next level and, and work your offensive line, D-line. I, I understand that. But I'm curious as to what happens when, you know, there are those designated scrimmages. And that's why I think, you know, we're, we're going to really, really see, you know, the, the cream, if you will, rise to the top when it comes to uh, the offensive line play and the protection um, that that basically was absent um, just because of the way, the way the, the, the no pad situation was going on. Oh, interesting. Okay. Let me, I want to, I have a lot more questions about that. Let me give one more just to finish up the tight ends and then we will definitely dive into these defensive and off. This one is just um, Mark Andrews. And again, Lamar Jackson, this is classic where like Mark Andrews isn't open initially so Lamar scrambles out to the right. And then he does his classic where he and Mark Andrews are just always on the same page. Yeah. He starts to tell Mark Andrews where to go. And how Mark Andrews understands it all, I don't know. But Mark Andrews starts to scramble with him and cuts back inside. Lamar kind of slings it to him. And it's like, here you've got OBJ. Here you've got Zay Flowers. And hopefully Rashad Bateman will be back. I think he will be. And so it's like, but then it's like, you still got Mark Andrews and he's not going to be having the same double teams. So that's not going anywhere. That is not going anywhere between Lamar and Mark Andrews. No, you're right. right. And, and and there's some chemistry there. I get the yeah. chemistry. Uh, I I think in the, the grand scheme of it all, especially on that particular play, you know, that's where you, you see the chemistry working at its, at its finest. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Dennis Pitta and, and and Joe Flacco in the Super Bowl mm. when Joe uh, back shouldered him and he was able to you know catch the touchdown pass. Uh, but that that was very similar where you know Lamar was like, "Nah, just go ahead and now I'm gonna be able to sling it to you." Another thing that I think is so cool is the fact that you're seeing Lamar scramble to extend the play, not scramble to uh, go down the football field. There were some times, yes, where again, line, D line, D line, got the better line, sure, fine, and he took off scrambling. But that is a particular play where you could see 
him keeping his eyes up down the field. And, and again, it's a deadly weapon. Like, oh my God, Lamar Jackson, he just broke contain. Oh my God. And so you're going to flood <laughs> over to him because you got to respect him. But then all of a sudden, it'll be plays like that that's going to help out the uh, team in the red zone. Okay, so let's get into this offense and, and defensive line stuff. Okay, so are you telling me first off, with there being no pads, are you saying the defensive line has an advantage? Huge advantage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and why is that? Like, why so, the defensive yeah, line has yeah. an advantage? Back in my day, <laughs> yeah, these big shoulder pads. And D Lyman would like to kind of have the, you know, the littlest shoulder pads possible. Uh, right around the time where the Legion of Boom came about, um, the, the, their shoulder pads, I forget the one D Lyman's name, but their shoulder pads got so incredibly tiny, 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 tiny. And so even with that, it's not holding unless you get it called on you, but it does. It gives office alignment something, a, a, okay. an opportunity just to grab just enough. Okay. And so that right there is an advantage for an offensive lineman. And you can also do it as far as like even on run, you know, run plays that are kind of scripted. And so it's, it's, it's one added advantage that I have as an offensive lineman that you take away from me. Now it shifts over to the D line where the D line typically from their athleticism, their speed, now they're able to be more slippery. I can dip my shoulder. There's nothing for the O-line to really truly grab at. Um, real quick, <laughs> Cleveland, uh, the Browns, they got into a fight. And basically it was because the offensive lineman, uh, the D-line dude, uh, the linebacker tried to get skinny on him, and he just shoved him to the ground real quick. I guess the dude didn't like it, hits him in the face, and the scuffle begins. But that's where I'm saying. Is that saying, the one where he slapped him and then he started yeah, running? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. that's like my daughter, my six-year-old daughter slapping like my 14-year-old son and laughing. I was like, what's this dude slapping him and then running for? That right. was hilarious. But go that ahead. Was. But that's a classic example of he didn't have any pads. And he did. He got skinny. But the mm. old lineman, like, boom, pushed him to the ground. In this practice at the stadium, like you saw, well, I saw David Ajabo. Like he was just coming for blood. He was coming off the edge. Oh, um, you saw that. No, that was that was one of them as this well. Matabike. I was going to ask you if that's what's happening with Matabike and and Linderbaum here because I'm seeing Linderbaum that's supposed exactly to be right. over. I mean, I, I, okay. I'm telling you, like Matabike. I saw that one as well. I was kind of like, man, that's just not fair because you could see where Tyler is like, all right. I mean, you got me, but technically. You didn't. He didn't his hands down because Linderbaum had him with his hands, but like he busted right. right through his hands. So Linderbaum is literally like, "What am I supposed to do with that?" So then he goes to try to look for somebody else to 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 block. So you're telling me if there were pads on Linderbaum's in a much better position against Matabike here, like night and day. Like, come on, okay. Linderbaum. We 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 saw him play last year. He was going up against everyone and having his way with them. Like he had what was the one linebacker. Now? Out of Tampa, he was contemplating retirement. Linda Palm <laughs> had him back. So, yeah, that 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 right there, that's that's taking advantage of practice and the fact that it's going to be on film and and the fact that there's people in the stadium, so it, it looks even cooler. 
Like, I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm not a BK. What's up? Yo, <laughs> I just got your boy Lamar. Whereas, like, Tyler is like, bro, come on. Like, no, that, that, ain't, that ain't real. So, All yeah, right, give, what about- give a scrimmage and you'll see. All right, this one's Sala versus Pierce. And this is me. I've seen a lot of people being like, whoa, now I'm afraid of Sala, you know, potentially being it. So this one, Sala and Pierce gets right through. Oh, that one's harder to see. That's okay. Yeah, we if we see it, it again. Yep. again. I guess, yeah. I guess second effort. One, he if you can do it one more, because I think it, I, yep. if you do it one more, I think it's footwork more than anything. Yeah, that's just an assignment okay. right there. Okay. That's that's that that yeah, that looked like uh that looked like assignment, you know. So did, did, so you didn't walk away being nervous about Sala or Linderbaum? No, not at all. Just for those well, that can't not, see, this is audio only. He's got like an attitude face being like, no, not at all. But especially yeah. Linderbaum, we've listen, he's been up some against the, some of the best defensive tackles, and sometimes he'll be like slow burned into like being pushed back, but he doesn't yeah. just get beat. But 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 specifically Sala, who's given this like incredible, the fact that he's even in the conversation, you didn't walk away nervous about Sala. No, not at all. Okay. I, I, again, like I'm 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 a plan on going out to uh the castle um sometime this week. And the main thing is I, I'm like when, when are we gonna get the pads on? I mean I I, I know how yeah. They got to break guys in and all that, but uh, the pads change things. I'm telling you, like it, it, it totally everything changes. And again, I think the biggest test for Salah and and the rest of the the O line and all that is going to be going up against the Commanders um, in mm. practice. That that joint practice is mm. it, well, that's going to be everything because they're going to do they're they're going to do one on one. Um, you know they are. Um, mm. So, you know, I'm so used to as a receiver looking at the receivers of DBs or our DBs versus their receivers and all that. And I, you know, I get all geeked out. But I think if this year is supposed to go the way it's supposed to go, like without question, the O line, D line on ball and purple and black, they have to show up, period, in yeah. the discussion. Yeah. Okay. Last one here. This one highlights, well, everybody, this one is where it seems like everything breaks down. Owe gets the initial pressure. Lamar tries to step up. There's nowhere to go. Oh, Ojabo's on the other side. And uh, now I don't know if they would have called this sack. I don't know if he got called for a sack or if it would have ended in one in a real game. Obviously they can't tackle him, but it just seemed like boy was Lamar running for his life, which we didn't want to see right there. So do you give credit to defensive line or is this just another no big no, deal? I mean, so now all of a sudden it looks like I'm hating on the D line. You know, did they get off the ball really well? Yes. Did they get a good yeah. pass set? Sure. You know, the the O line got some pass sets, but again, you know, you can see Tyler and I'm like, what do you want us to do? Like, yeah. I mean, we can't, you know, there's things that we can't do. Like our technique is is stunted somewhat. You know, they're we're almost brother in law of them. Like, you know, that term is like when you're like, hey man, listen. I'm going to take care of you. You take care of me. So you call it brother-in-law. No. So as a receiver, yeah. you know, running plays like, yo, bro, if the if the play comes my way, you know you don't want to tackle him. And you know I ain't trying to block the heck out of you, but I ain't trying to get my legs rolled up underneath me. So let's right. brother-in-law each other. And so you'll kind of like, okay. you know, brother-in-law each other. 
And as long as it's not a big run, you good. Um, All right. But that 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 to me, where you know Lamar, it was frustrating in that I would have loved to have seen there have been opportunities for him to take some shots down the football field. He had yeah. them, but you know you just just didn't have the protection, and and that's fine in the bigger scheme of not having the protection just because of the fact that you're in, you know, you're in shells, you're not in full pads. All right. Let's change gears a little bit. That was, that was us breaking down all of all the stadium practice. I'm glad I had you on for that. Um, that, 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 that was a, a fun day. Of- I'm telling you fun day. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, the other thing since our last episode that I haven't been able to get to is Todd Munkin spoke with the media on Friday. And he is continuing this big theme of empowering Lamar Jackson. So let's start with uh, the fact that Lamar has not been wearing a wristband, which he used for pretty much the whole time in the in the uh, Greg Roman era. So we'll listen to his sound, and then you tell me um, kind of your your thoughts on this. One of the most important things is if your ability to communicate the calls, and the best way for that to happen is to not start with wristbands. He has to hear what I say. He has to process the call. He has to regurgitate to the players. He has to get the cadence. We can always go to wristbands. Wristbands are easy. You just read it. Hard is learning the offense, being able to process and make the call. All right, one other thing where he's saying he's empowering Lamar with um, coming to the line of scrimmage sooner. The idea is to leave the quarterback enough time at the line of scrimmage to assess the defense, make changes, and be in control. I'm a firm believer that you want your quarterback to play his best, you gotta empower him. It goes from here to here. I'm a part. I wanna help with the game plan. I wanna see things, what they're doing defensively. If that is getting the line quicker, then so be it. If it's a situation where we've got some sort of a run pass option or run runner or pass pass, then that then so be it. 
But I do believe in getting the line quicker. I think that gives us more time at the line of scrimmage to assess for the quarterback. All right. So let's start with the wristband. Taking it away. Um, what have your how do you think this is going to impact Lamar and impact the offense? So from an offensive standpoint, um, and that word empowerment is so big, uh, especially from a quarterbacking aspect of things. I think what you know Todd has said, what Lamar has said, uh, as far as like, hey, look, you know, we we're gonna um call a play, we're just going, we're moving the ball, let's let's go. I think they want in this beginning phase to throw everything at Lamar and let him just absorb it. You know, he was saying even how he was studying, he would go to the playbook and, you know, he, he turned the page, recite the play again, go back to make sure he had it right. And, you know, I've seen all of that, you know, happen so, so, so many times. Um, but the true quarterbacks, you know, whether it be the legends like Marino and Way and um, you know Bradshaw going way way back, or you know my era guys when it comes to like say a Troy Aikman or uh, sort of kind of today and Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was my guy and and he he called everything um, pretty much at the line of scrimmage and he occasionally would have you know Tom Moore the offensive coordinator in his ear. But he pretty much, you know, was autonomous. You know, I think for these next few, um, these next few weeks to give Lamar that empowerment of, okay, you know, you go to the line of scrimmage. Why, why would you want to, you know, run versus, cover three rather than, you know, throw the ball. Um, I want you to get to the line of scrimmage. I want them to get set. I want them to kind of, you know, tinker around and, and try to do something to confuse you. But I want you to be solid and understand exactly what I got. All right, now we're going to go ahead and attack it. So putting pressure on Lamar from the mental aspect of things, it's only going to make him better. And, and again, as Todd said, you can always refer back to any point in time with a wristband but that doesn't, you know, that, that's kind of like an easy way out is pretty much what he's saying. If you want to be empowered, let's empower um, Lamar and, and in training camp, let's throw all of it at him. So then when the, the, the bullets fly, if you will, to use that analogy, he doesn't flinch. Yeah, because we have seen veteran quarterbacks like, like Peyton Manning, who clearly have command over the offense, use a wristband. So it, it, it's not a it's not like it's, oh, it's elementary to use a wristband because you've seen some of the best of the best use it. It's more of a tool right now to help him soak up this brand new system. That's how you see it? Yeah. It just, yeah. Again, you know, if he, if he needs it, he'll need it. If he doesn't, then he's cool. But I think for Todd, I think for him, it's like, what do, what do I need to do or what is it that um, – what can Lamar absorb for himself? And what does he need to rely upon with the wristband? The nomenclature, Lamar gave a, a tell uh, when he was speaking with the media. He said, you know, they were asking him as far as the differences between this offense and 
um, Romans. And he was like, oh, yeah, I already, you know, I had Romans. It was simple. <laughs> so to me, it just felt like there was it wasn't very wordy. This one yeah. probably is wordy, but I think you can hear in Lamar's uh, mindset, it's it's stimulating him. It's like, yeah, okay, this is wordy, but it has a reasoning behind it. Usually when you go to line of scrimmage, in a nutshell, it's, all right, I'm going to set the um, formation. After the formation, it's going to set the, um, the line play, what the line protection is, and then it's going to set the – either it's going to be a run – and what you know, Todd said it was either a run, run, run pass, or pass with an option to go to a different pass. So all of that basically, you know, when you get to the line of scrimmage, you know, you've already articulated that out to everybody. Yeah. Now you can use your cadence. Now you can see what the defense is doing, um, and now the offense becomes yours, and off you go. Love it, love it. Well, off the field. Uh, Lamar and OBJ. Now we've got Lamar was already star power. I don't know that if there was anybody in the NFL that could maybe go above him except for OBJ. They got from a practice, from practice. I feel like I'm Allen Iverson. Practice, just from one highlight there. LeBron James is giving him a shout out. You know, celebrities already looking. And then Lamar Drake was in the DC area, right? He's doing his uh, yeah. tour down there. Uh, it's the it's all a blur tour. So Lamar goes down there and not surprising because Drake, we know, is a huge fan of Lamar. He's been wearing his jersey. They've had other interactions. So this is what he does there at the concert. Lamar. He did an interview where they were like, hey, how do you feel about being under the radar? It's one of those classic media things, trying to get a chip under your shoulder. And I'm like, what are you talking about under the radar? Like, Lamar Jackson's been anything but. Like, maybe maybe some people are, like, saying they don't think that he can be better than uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or the Bills or Burrow. And 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 um, we'll, and we'll get to Burrow here in a minute. Um, but, like, he's not under the radar. He is not under the radar when you got Jake and LeBron James calling you out. You're everywhere. But here's what's interesting. This is the last clip from um, from Munkin is he's talked about what he has seen. Oh, no. Do I not have it? Oh, I thought I had it. I ha Let me see if I got the clip here. I do not have the clip. I must have lost it somehow. But uh, basically, basically, Munkin is like, here I've seen a guy who's clearly been paid, but he doesn't have an attitude of, oh, I've arrived. And Munkin's like, this is a guy that wants to be great. He wants his team to be great. And he's putting in the work to be great. And all he wants to do is win. We all know that, Lamar. But I'm glad that even though he's getting these shout outs, he got he got called by Netflix. They wanted him to do the quarterback series. And he's like, no, right. which doesn't surprise me at all because he is all ball. He's all ball. And, you know, the LeBron stuff, shout outs, the Drake shout outs. It's not like he's seeking that stuff, but he yeah. is not under the radar. The Ravens are not going to be under the radar. I think they're going to be everywhere this year. And please let them be winning or else they're going to be everywhere and people are going to be slamming them. So I just love that that's our quarterback, that he keeps it about ball and doesn't let his head get too big, Q. I just think that's his personality uh, literally from day one. Um, you know, either you either you got it or you don't. Um, I, I've been around so many 
professional athletes. I've been around, you know, from from football to basketball to, to baseball, NHL, all that. The guy that is narcissistic and all about himself, mm. that guy, that guy becomes a cancer in the locker room mm. across all sports and you don't win. If we looked at Lamar as some sort of diva, narcissistic dude, there's no way you're having a 46 and what is it? 46 and 16 record. Right. There's no way he's winning ball games the way he's winning ball games. There's no way he's going to get shot out the way he got shot out by other uh, stars. Mm. They, they recognize who he is. And, and I'm saying like from a aspect of winning, I appreciate the fact that he has a, a cool work slash chill back life balance when it comes to going down and seeing Drake chilling out because yeah, you know, it, the season is a grind is stressful as all get out. And if I get a chance to, to chill and go ahead and check out a Drake concert, boom, I'm sure he probably had a driver. Boom. Let's go on down there. Let's hang out. Bam. And drive me back on up and I'll be ready for practice come Monday. He's such an easy guy to like. And and speaking of being easy to like, I know that Patrick Queen, right? He was upset, it seemed like, over the offseason, a little bit upset about drafting Simpson, maybe not getting the fifth-year option. Um, but um, let me make sure I got his I got his name right. He killed it. Rocco DeSangro. He's the new uh, guy over at WBFF Fox Sports. He is grinding. I got a few clips from his interviews uh, Saturday at the stadium. I mean, he's, he's working it. So he gets queen afterwards and is like, Hey, how did you have such a change of, of heart? Um, I love this answer from queen. It's, it's, it's another answer. That's like, okay, I, I love this. I can get behind him. Check this out. You could have sat back and sulked when, when things didn't seem to go your way earlier, but you came here, you reported and you're getting ready for another season with the Baltimore Ravens. How big is this season for you? And, and why did you decide to kind of change your mindset up and do this and be here? Oh, uh, the team took a chance on me in the first round. They had the Jeremy in the first round. And, um, it's just, you have the most respect for them. Uh, it's nothing that they could do. Obviously, you got to have a great team. You got to pay guys. And, you know, and everybody can get paid at the end of the day. So, uh, this is only my fourth year. I still got a lot of ball in front of me. I still got a lot of potential that I can unlock. And it's just, it's a point. I show up for my teammates my, and my coaches. Like, they all got faith in me. There's nothing dirty going on. It's just, you know, it's football. It's, it's a business at the end of the day. So, I'm just going here. I'll put my best resume out there and whatever happens after that happens. I feel like everybody, all these young players at some point have to go through this where they realize, oh, nothing dirty is going on. Maybe, maybe there are in other places, but I feel like you've worked enough with the Ravens. I've worked enough with them. We've seen enough veterans come through. They don't play dirty with like contracts. They try to, you know, they don't, they try not to overpay or anything like that. But I like that he said, well, there's nothing dirty going on. They got me in the first round. So now I just got to ball out and everything else will work. What are your, what's your reaction to all that? You know, Sarah, when we would, you know, do the uh, Ravens, uh, you know, our, our Ravens review uh, after game yeah. games and, and, and early in Patrick Queen's uh, timeline, like I remember vividly the commander's game where he got benched and, you know, there were also other games where they weren't sure if he should have the, uh, dot on his helmet, and they were like, man, you know, we, we're just not sure what's going on. He's not able to absorb enough information. Clearly, you go from the middle 
over to the weak side. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, is Patrick Queen the guy? But I think the game slows down differently for everyone. And what we saw this year uh, or this previous year, we saw the game slow down for him before Roquan came in. It's just that Roquan, the game down right from jump for him. <laughs> so he was just killing it to the point where he built up so much leverage, the Chicago Bears didn't know what to do, so they wound up trading him, dummies. But to the advantage of Alaska, <laughs> and Eric was like, yo. But you saw where, again, the high tide raise all ships mentality with Roquan there. I think if Patrick Queen had that high tide kind of charisma to his game, um, they probably would have picked up his fifth-year option. But what I mm, think now is, is that he's in a position where, like, mentally he's locked in, he's he's strong, he's mentally, like, the game is, is it, this is the game. I'm in a great defense for my skill sets. Game on, let's go. And he's going to get paid. So if he oh, gets yeah. paid here, great. If he doesn't get paid here, he's still going to get paid because he the game has slowed down for him. And kudos to him for being disciplined enough to recognize, you know, it took me a minute, but I figured it out. Now that I figured it out, hallelujah, let's go. And I and I think he's he's good. I think he that interview showed a lot as far as just his maturity and him being mm. in a mental headspace. He knows what he needs to do. And, and it's to the advantage um, to have a motivated, ticked off Patrick Queen for the defense. Um, maturity is exactly what I was the word I was thinking of when, when watching that. And speaking of another guy that you hope it starts to click like it just did for Patrick Queen last year, Odafe Owe has bold statements again. This is with Rocco DeSangro uh, from Fox there in, in Baltimore. Where do you feel like you guys can be in your mind this year? I feel like we can be the best defense in football. And then on top of that, I also feel like we can be the best offense in football. And then on top of that, I feel like we can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's killing it. It's, it's July, Q. It's July. Everybody's winning the Super Bowl in July. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm I like I like the confidence. Real quick, I'm gonna get in quick hits. We're running a little bit long, but real quick. Um, the Ravens have not signed any veterans. Is that a sign that they like these young pass rushers maybe more than the rest of us just because we haven't seen them? I think it's still uh yes. I think yes, number one, but number two, eventually it'll get to the point where we're gonna see these pass rushers either do it or don't. And again, I point to you know Philly and I point to the commanders. You know, those are going to be some mile markers. Uh, so decisions are still kind of, you know, tempered right now. You don't necessarily need to, to rush to make a decision still early in camp. All right. So let's hit in some, some quick hits here. Uh, some running back news. We all had heard that the Ravens signed Melvin Gordon um, when Adam Schefter from ESPN first put up that news. That it was up to $3.1 million And everybody was like, what? Why are they giving him that much? And we all said, be careful of those words, up to. The more inf we got more information, according to Jamison Hensley. Uh, Melvin has a base salary of $1.1 And that is not guaranteed. So, and then so we can get up to 3.1 with a gazillion incentives. 
uh, benchmarks that he has to hit. But if he doesn't even make the team, which is no guarantee, uh, none of that money is guaranteed. Meanwhile, running back uh, Jonathan Taylor, according to Ian Rappaport, um, he has formally requested a trade um, after meeting with Colts owner Tim or Jim Irsay. Real quick, real quick, um, Q, this is quick hits. I'm trying to move on. Tell me very, very quickly, 20 seconds. We know that J.K. Dobbins wants a new contract. That's all fine. He can do whatever he wants, whether you think or not, he deserves it. Why is he on PUP? I think that's a strategic move uh, here to Costa and them to kind of like, look, bro, you got no leverage. So you can come in and do your thing or you could lose a year and be right back where you started from. So, so, let's, so let's you do it. think, so you think it's on EDC because Jeff Zrebeck had floated out that maybe, um, that maybe JK is exaggerating his injury to just, you know, be like, okay, I'm, I'm not playing. So I, I yeah. don't know which one it is. Is it an EDC move or is it a JK move? It's an EDC move based upon what JK is doing. And okay. it's interesting after the stadium practice, EDC and, and JK were like dapping it up. So I don't know what to make yeah. of it. Like it doesn't seem like it's bad blood. It just seems like it's like business, but pay me, but you ain't going to pay me, but pay me anyway but you're not going to pay me. Put me on PUP, mother of pearl, do something. All right. All right, good. So Trayvon Mullen, cornerback Trayvon Mullen, who the Ravens picked up in the offseason, is the cousin of Lamar Jackson. Some craziness over the weekend. He was released, um, mm -hmm. and it was originally on the transaction wire said that he was released because of a failure to disclose a physical condition. Um, I can't remember. I believe he was in the, on the non-football injury list. Um, but then the next day he was re-signed. So what to make of it? Uh, Brian McFarland, the, the, the cap guru here in Baltimore, he says that um, it was because originally Mullen's contract was guaranteed and then they weren't able to renegotiate it. And so, um, and, and this is also Jeff Strebeck. So both of these guys, I'm, I'm using a combination of their reports. So Jeff says, uh, yeah, his previous contract couldn't be renegotiated, so dropping him allowed them to re-sign him with a deal that still gives him op an opportunity to make the roster but covers the team more in case his injury persists. So he seems to have been okay with it, Trayvon Mullen, because he did end up re-signing. Uh, also, we know last time we had this show, Joe Burrow had left practice with the calf strain. There was no timeline for return. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor he told the media that it will be several weeks. That's some John Harbaugh information there. Very vague. We do not want to know when he's going to return. Several weeks, he could be back for week one. Several weeks, it could be bleeding into September. And we all know that the Bengals play the Ravens week two. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then finally, I, I, I saw this. So the rest of you guys have to see this. It's the final quick hit. Marlon Humphrey with his guitar singing. In the locker room, here we go. Is this your guy? Is this your guy, Q? Man. <laughs> I mean, he is as eclectic as it gets, but uh, every team needs a guy like that. Every team needs a guy to keep it loose. 
know when to ramp it up, and uh, he just needs a writer. He needs Drake to give him some some notes better than what he was doing right there. That 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 just wasn't <laughs> happening. But uh, I, I credit him for doing it. That's right. I love Marlon. I know everybody makes fun of him. I love somebody who can, who doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. I feel like I'm that way with my with my kids and all that kind of stuff. I love it. It's goofy, but I don't mind goofy. So, Q, thank you very much for joining on this special edition of the Vault. Want to thank all of our patrons. I still got to get uh, patrons. I still got to get those names from Bobby. We will make it up when Bobby gets back. But thank you to the patrons. Thank you to everybody supporting. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, leave a review. Same if you're watching on podcast only. Uh, appreciate all of our your support. Q, do you want to plug anything with where you're at? Yeah, just basically if you want to reach out and do some uh, training, go ahead to my website, missletraining.com. From 6 to 84, that's the clientele list. You can go ahead and be a part of it. Yeah, you came in right when you were finishing up with, with one client there. Appreciate you coming in last minute. So for Kadri Ishmael, Super Bowl winner, I'm Sarah Ellison. We will be back on Tuesday with the latest news and opinions that you need to know about the Ravens here inside the vault. Yeah.